The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, it is the Thursday night. It's the AFL team selection night. And they started with 18 and there's only four left now. And, of course, the first two go head-to-head tomorrow night. Geelong and Brisbane at the MCG. And then mid-afternoon our time, around 2.45 on Saturday, we've got the Sydney Swans uh, hosting Collingwood. Two terrific preliminary finals. And we've got the teams, plus, more importantly in some ways, uh, the issues that have developed during the course of the week since Kib Hagdorn was here on Monday. Haggers, good evening to you. G'day, Pete. How are you? It's 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 fascinating, isn't it? These two huge finals. And mm. I reckon they – I think Geelong probably get Brisbane, but I'm not going to rule it out yet. And we've got fact and fiction as to why and how Brisbane just might be able to knock over Geelong. And Geelong's finals history is part of, you know, why I've sort of built a case for maybe Brisbane, but I'll probably finish up tipping Geelong. And then Saturdays is anyone's game. I mean, that just is two just fascinating outfits and, and the youth in both those teams and the way they've gone about their seasons. Collingwood somewhat by surprise, I reckon, that they're now still in it in the last four. And Sydney started the season as somewhat of a contender to perhaps, you know, finish somewhere around about now. Sydney were always going to threaten a top four, but now mm. they're in it and they've mm. got a home final. But So they're fascinating games, huge games, unpredictable in lots of ways, particularly Saturday afternoon's game. But what's overshadowed in a large degree here in our town and our state in particular is, is the trading moves. And we've been waiting for weeks till Fremantle have played their last game to get this confirmation. We've been waiting for months. It's been floating around for months, hasn't it, that uh, Luke Jackson was going to be heading home to Western Australia. And well, we've said all along he's going mm. to Fremantle. Uh, but now how that all comes about, I, I think the West Australian... Uh, start to the trade period is probably the fulcrum to just about the whole lot. Every deal that could fall from around some of these, you know, Jackson uh, to Fremantle or the West Coast get in and seriously chase Jackson. I've got some information on what could happen there or might happen there. And one of it is West Coast, my understanding, Peter, are not prepared to give up their first pick for Luke Jackson. Mm -hmm. Now, what are they going to do to get Luke Jackson if they want to go for Luke Jackson? bringing through the preseason draft. Now, that's worrying Fremantle because – but Jackson, my understanding, Peter, has said to Melbourne, get me a deal. You guys get a deal with Fremantle. I don't want to go to West Coast. I don't want to spend the next five years playing with a poor team. That's a big call. Why didn't his management and why didn't he say that in the first place? I want to go back to Western Australia and I've asked my management to get a deal with Melbourne and Fremantle. Mm. That's surprising. The other one that just late today, Griffin Logue is being confirmed as having asked Fremantle for a, for a trade to North Melbourne. Now, again, we've said that for weeks. There were other clubs in Melbourne interested, very interested in North Melbourne. They've won him over. In Griffin Logue. It, Griffin Logue. Yeah. They've won him over by offering him a near-on six-year deal. Wow. It's a huge deal as well as a key defensive component. So he'll play key defence in the rebuild of North Melbourne. So Griffin Logue, having told Fremantle this morning, I heard about it this afternoon, that I, he wants to go to North Melbourne. So can you organise me a trade? However, if there's a difficulty with this, Fremantle are very worried that Griffin Logue could go to North Melbourne again at pick number one in the preseason draft. They get nothing for him. Mm, mm. So Fremantle are starting to get a little bit edgy about losing these players Lob we know's going. 
gone. Been been gone for months. This deal was done over last summer to the Bulldogs. Lob gone, Acres gone, Logue gone. More to go from Fremantle, even some contracted players. How do they get the draft picks to convince Melbourne this is what we're going to give you for Luke Jackson? Interesting. So there you go. Uh, as we've stated here on uh, Drive with Peter Vlahos, Kim Hagdon, that Griffin Logue has requested uh, that he be traded to North Melbourne and the club officially reportedly will confirm that uh, in a little while. Hi, Peter and Haggers. On the Tempera Bedshed text line, you can join us anytime, 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 1312. 55. Hope Pete and Haggers. It's good to see contracts actually mean something with Lob potentially staying at Frio. Yeah, that no, won't so happen. That's that's not happening. Yeah. Um, is there a name on that one? Uh, that's Mike. Yeah, Mike. No, He's a big Frio man. No, that's not. Uh, Rory Lob was given an undertaking at this time last year. If if we can't get you to where you want to go for 2022, stay with us. You had two years to go on your contract uh, and we'll help you get wherever you want to go next year. Rory Lob has been going to the Bulldogs for many months. Mm. This deal has been locked away in the safe, a heads of agreement. So he he that that trade will be done. Same as the Jackson. I reckon eventually the Jackson move to Fremantle will take place. It sounds like there's going to be, excuse the pun, a lot of lobbying on this, though. And it could happen late. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it'll probably and, happen the last hour of oh, the trade and period. And last four or five minutes. Oh, yeah. it's finally <laughs> happened because the AFL and uh, their, their broadcast uh, rights holders do cooperate to make sure that some of their broadcasts are more mm. appealing. One of those will be the Brownlow on Sunday. Okay. Interesting. One of those. Uh, yeah, we'll come to that in a moment, Haggers. Uh, here's another one that's just come from. They're flickering through. G'day, Pete and Haggers. I've got it on good authority that Rory Lobb has told Fremantle that he will stand out of football in 2023 if a trade to Western Bulldogs can't be done. He's moving to Melbourne very soon and won't be returning. James Hurd is now the front runner for the Essendon job as he has the support of five of the six current board members. Interesting times ahead. There's no name on that, so drop that name. The other thing that I want, and we'll come back to that in a moment, Hackers, is the other big issue is Willie Rioli, or mm. Junior Rioli, mm. as uh, we respectively call him now. After Eagles Chief Executive Trevor Nisbet said they were bitterly disappointed, we could not have done any more to support Junior since his infraction in 2019. We facilitated his appeal and subsequent return to football. So this decision is bitterly disappointing. And then former Fremantle coach Ross Lyon came out yesterday, says, when you've got a player on your list, it's your responsibility to support him with everything you've got. It's not a bonus that you supported Rioli. It's your job. It's your responsibility to support the player. I think it's a bit rich clipping him on the way out. Ross Lyon. Um, Ross Lyon. Brought in Jesse Hogan, Shane Kirsten, Cam McCarthy, Harley Bennell. Mm. Where was the network around them? Yeah. They're his products. And some of them are still suffering emotionally from their time at, under Ross Lyon's under administration. Ross Lyon. So um, I'd rather leave that. Ross Lyon is getting away with a lot of things yeah. in what he's saying. He's getting away with a lot of misinformation about his coaching chances. Uh, at Collingwood, Carlton, Essendon. It's just... Uh, let's let him go there. Um, uh, that was, the that was Robbo from Brisbane with that uh, SMS or text on the temperate bedshed text line, 0487 736 736, regarding 
saying that maybe Rory Lobb uh, has told Frio if they can't do it, he'll stand out of footy next year. Fremantle also- have to do the Rory Lobb. Fremantle have to work with North Melbourne to not lose Griffin Logue through the pre-season draft where they don't get a, a trade pick for him. Fremantle have to be able to trade with these people and these organisations to get these players where they want to go, Acres to Carlton, because Fremantle just have to get the draft picks. Mm. They're desperate for draft picks to give them to Melbourne in the trade for Luke Jackson. Yeah. Otherwise, then West Coast are very serious. One thing I can say, though, is that my understanding is West Coast are not prepared to give up their first pick. Now, that's going to be pick number two or three, probably pick number three, literally, mm. because we know Ashcroft's going to go to the Brisbane Lions. So then North will have pick number two, West Coast pick number three. My understanding is they're not prepared to trade that in any moves for Luke Jackson. What they're going to do, I don't know, but they have to sort of package up what, uh, what else they've got to get to the front end. So we know West Coast are going to have pick number 20, pick number 26. They'll have something from Rioli. Mm. Uh, on that move to be able to then package them to get closer to the front if they do want to get into the race for Luke Jackson. Melbourne are going to insist on a pick, probably two first-round picks in yeah. this year's draft for Luke Jackson. Can I also compliment you? Regardless of what people think in the wider community, Hags is a newsbreaker, and it's just dropped. The statement has just dropped from Fremantle confirming that uh, Griffin Logue and Blake Akers want trades, okay? Uh, Peter Bell has just spoken. We'll bring you that audio regarding those two players. But nobody was talking about Griffin Logue and Blake Akers many moons ago. You dropped their names a long way back. All of a sudden, it became a common fodder in the last three, four weeks in particular. When did you actually bring Griffin Logue and also Blake Akers to our attention that they were looking at getting out of the club? I reckon it was mid-year hacks. Well, certainly Rory Lobb, we've said all year. We've yeah, said all you've year, been across that all year. Acres, Acres and, you, and you Logue. Pick, you picked the club at Western Bulldogs and also the term. Yeah, and and, and then also um, we did get a tip. Blake Acres was being courted by other clubs as well, but uh, we then found out that Carlton were very keen. And the three-year deal for Blake Acres mm-hmm. at Carlton is very appealing. And Fremantle just did nothing to try and counter that. It was at best a two-year deal, a heck of a lot less per year than even the three years at, at Carlton. Griffin Logue is the one that I reckon we've sort of balked a little bit. It's been there because the significance of all of this is that a certain particular management group in Corporate Sports Australia, they handle nearly all these guys. Mm. And they were willing to assist Fremantle put together the package to get Luke Jackson. That's why we've been convinced for so long Luke Jackson is coming. I even keep reading in the last couple of days that those, the media coverage that's catching up onto some of this news, even the Luke Jackson one, they're talking about $900,000 a year for Luke Jackson. Please, if he's only getting $900,000 a year for doing what he's doing, then his management hasn't done very well. His management hasn't handled how he wants to come home by saying he wants to go home to Western Australia. It's allowed West Coast to go, well, we will compete for this as well. We've got pick number two. We've got pick 20. We've got 26. We've got 28. We've got 38. We can compete for this. We've also got pick two in the preseason draft. If Luke Jackson wants to just wait and go through there, we can take him. Here's the money. So the money that's being talked for Luke Jackson is well over a million dollars. And if it's not official, if it's not really over a million dollars, his management's not looking after him well enough. Mm. And they should have come out last week or this week and said, we want to go home to Fremantle and give Fremantle, okay, there's your information. Get on with getting that trade done. They have to move some of these players, Peter, to get the the trade 
commodity mm. to get the trade price. Uh, just regarding, you mentioned when we spoke to Ross Lyon, Anson, who is, I think, new on the temperate bedshed text line, 0487 736 736. Oh, please, Haggers, you can't be serious. Hogan and McCarthy both got caught up in parting with their mates in Perth. That's why it didn't work. Everyone knows this. Hogan even broke COVID protocol and had a girl at his house overnight. Don't blame Ross for their actions. That's Anson. Well, but it's about welfare. It's about the network that Ross Lyon is accusing West Coast of not doing enough. Ross Lyon there having plenty to say about what West Coast did or didn't do for Willie Rioli. What did Fremantle do to Mm. to get more out of Hogan, McCarthy, Kirsten, Bennell, I keep naming them. I mean, there's so many that were under Ross Ryan's watch. He makes the calls. Yeah. He makes the calls. He, particularly at Fremantle because he was such a dictator. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other coaches around the competition with good football managers, good welfare managers, uh, good list managers, they have a better cooperation. Fremantle didn't have that. It was mm. a dictatorship. Okay, as we go to the break, and we'll feature Peter Bell regarding the fact that uh, Logue and Akers today have uh, requested trades. Peter, you know how this works. Tell me here, this is Randall. Kim has fed information by player agents. He's not breaking news. Randall, some of the agents may be some of his contacts, but the point is Ivic also worked with player agents. They tell you what you want to hear, and they hide a lot, let me tell you, behind so-called being a player agent. We've been sold down the river so many times by player agents. But, But Randall, wherever the news comes from, it is accurate news and it is newsworthy. It's, it's a matter of where you get your news from. Yeah. And what I can also tell you, Randall, your accusation, player agents, don't ever discount the network of people that work in clubs that also, to help benefit whatever their ambitions are, they assist us with news. Mm. Not innuendo, not speculation, not rumour, but news. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. you hear from Peter Bell, uh, the big news that the Griffin Logue and Blake Akers today officially asked for trades to North Melbourne and Carlton. It's 14 past five for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. This is the Thursday Night Drive program. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, plenty to get through. Temperate Bedshed, text line 0487 736 736. We'll get to a few more texts in a moment. Also, we'll feature Peter Bell, but let's get to Lisa first because she's rung on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 13 12 55. She often brings a bit of interesting news to us as well. Yeah. Hey, Elise, how are you going? Um, what news is that, Peter? <laughs> how are you going, boys? <laughs> Good, thanks. Um, I, I heard um, Ross Lyon on Triple M on, on Saturday morning having a swipe at the Eagles and also at Xavier Ellis. He gave him a good flick around the ears too. Mm, I'm not sure Xavier Ellis would lose much sleep over it, however. No, no, Xavier wouldn't lose any sleep whatsoever. So um, this, thing, this thing with Rory Lobb and, and about him wanting, you know, he reckons he's going to sit out in 2023. Fremantle have known that, that Rory Lobb wants to, wants to move on. This has been going on for two years. Like, you know, how long, how, you know, how long is it going to go on for? The guy yeah. wants to leave. He's not going to stay here. And, and for him to sit out of football, um, like what's his name, did the other young guy did, and and that wrecked his wrecked his career, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, like, it's, the, the, the Rory Lobb sitting out. In, I'll, this is media driven. This is just speculation from those that are catching up on the news. Rory Lobb will get to the, the Western the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. 
because Fremantle have agreed last year that wherever you want to go next year, we'll help you go. But more importantly now for Fremantle, they've got to start getting some draft picks in that they can use in putting together a package that Melbourne are going to accept for Luke Jackson. Yeah. They can't afford to lose Luke Jackson now, even more so with Logue, with Logue Lob, Acres, and one or two more to go. They can't afford to lose them and not get draft picks back for them that they can then trade yeah. to Melbourne. Can I also say, Lise, I reckon Rory Lob's overrated personally. From what I've seen, and only from my point of view of calling, I reckon he's overrated. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let him go, well, and hopefully he'll find better form at the Western Bulldogs. What about James Hurd? you want to talk about him? Because we're going to discuss yeah, it in James a moment Heard, as well. And, yeah, um, I, I just reckon it's an absolute disgrace that, there, that, that, that he's even been spoken to. This, this guy, he actually crucified that club. When he first came out and coached, he, he wanted to be the, the, the first coach to be able to get them into the grand final and win the, and win the flag. When they first started playing, I, was, I think it was about three or four games in, in, into that year, I, I was sitting there, we were sitting there watching. I can't remember who Essendon was playing, but that doesn't matter. I, I turned to my other half and I said, there's something going on with these players. I said, they're either on something, I said, because they're playing like men, men possessed. I've never seen players play like, that, like they did that year. Mm. Good on you, Lisa. So, uh, no, we appreciate the your thing call, is Lisa. just, Lisa, a yes or no. If you were an Essendon fan, would you have James Heard back? No. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I reckon, thanks, thanks Lisa, Lisa, as always. Um, my impression of what's going on with James Heard and Essendon is that Essendon are conditioning their constituents, so, so you know, their members, their supporters, their supporters and particularly their commercial mm. connections to bring back James Heard. So it was just too convenient that yesterday it leaked out that James Heard's had his interview by the independent panel, the secret panel. It leaked out. Oh, please. It was leaked out deliberately. So for the next 48 hours leading into two massive preliminary finals, the football industry would talk about James Heard and the prospect of James Heard going back to Essendon to coach Essendon as the head coach. Okay. It's deliberate, Pete. It's conditioning us. So get ready. I, I, my reading of this, now this is just my reading of it, is that they're trying to convince enough people and get some feedback, get some direct feedback, plus also the public opinion through talkback, through discussions, through the social media, of whether it's a popular move. Okay. Uh, Jordan Lewis, uh, who is one of the six people in Essendon's coaching subcommittee, confirmed there was a meeting with Heard and three other unnamed candidates uh, yesterday. This is what he said on 360. Do you feel like you can come at the James Heard case completely impartially without the residue of the past? I think you have to with every candidate. There were candidates today that I've had personal relationships with, been involved with at, at certain clubs. So there is certain elements of whether it be emotional, interactive, whatever it might be, you have to come with it from that, that lens. Yeah, I think all the panel members today were, were really impressed by, by presentations. Now, Essendon legend and, of course, part of the SEN team, Tim Watson, says he'd be more than surprised if James Heard became the club's next senior coach, but believes he's entitled to go through the interview process. Yeah, I don't, I don't see... I think what will unite a club... Um, and if you say, you know, let's say Essen is broken, um, what will unite a, a club will be success. 
Now, it doesn't have to come from James Hurd being the coach of the Essendon Football Club to unite Essendon. But it has they to start be start successful. The club would have been, the club, yeah, but the club would have been united under Ben Rutten had they been more successful. The club would have been united hmm. under John Walsfold had they been more successful. So we don't need a saviour to come back to the Essendon Football Club and unite the Essendon Football Club. We need somebody who's able to put a plan of action in place that is able to deliver success and to start to build a successful team again. That's what we need. And I think for a lot of people, it would drag back all those things that happened and occurred, you know, like during that period of time that he was there as coach well, too. Would, so, and yeah. you know, like it will be part, I, I would have to say, I'd be, I'd be more than surprised if he ended up being the coach of the SM football club, but I'm happy for him to be part of the process and um, for him to have the courage to, put his hand up and, and even go through because he would have known what this would attract Once it yeah. became public knowledge, he would have known that it puts him right out there in the middle of a conversation again, That's brave. which he's tried to, which he has wanted to shy away from and avoid for a long time. Tim Watson um, and James Hurd. He's and, one of those. That, and he should know. And, I just, and his son, his and son he, was one of the, yeah. the victims of what the James Hurd administration, you know, got up to. It cost him the 2012 Brownlow, mm. as we know. So Tim Watson. But I think one thing there, it's they've got to get this decision right because clearly since the Herd de- de- departure, the John Worsfold era, then the Ben Rutten appointment, the Ben Rutten appointment was, was a schmozzle. Mm. And a lot of people through the industry knew that he was struggling. John Worsfold didn't finish up a, a good coach for Essendon. So that's on hindsight. They've got to get this right. And how can anyone guarantee them success? Yeah. I would suspect that if the herd uh, reaction throughout their, all their constituents is positive, he could, as long as you put good people around him. Now, James Heard will need other Essendon people. And I, I reckon with the other talk, Don Pike, Brad Scott, Adam Uze, would any of those be more valued to Essendon than James Hurd in terms of potential success with what Tim Watson's just said? You've got to put together a package and deliver success. Well, isn't every club looking for that right around the country from the highest level through to Z-grade amateurs? Everyone's looking for the sustained success. You can't guarantee it. Um, and it's, it's very easy for Tim in hindsight to say, oh, well, they didn't, so we've got to get someone better. Well, who's better than Hurd? I'm not defending Hurd. But I'm just suspicious they're conditioning that James Hurd will be the coach because I don't see too many other candidates. If they, if part of their criteria is Essendon, an experienced coached, someone who has coached, who else is out there? Mm. And put Dean Solomon in there with James Hurd. Put Mark McVeigh in there who surely has experienced a bit and they work pretty well together, those guys. Get more Essendon people back involved in the coaching box, in running the football department. One of the biggest problems that still is lingering around at Essendon is a good football manager. Josh Marnie's been part of the failure. And so he's, he's on, still he's part on the, on the, selection, he's still he's on the, on the selection, selection panel. panel. So, That's right. And why the board isn't picking this, this is such a critical to one of the biggest entity sporting bodies in the country, powerhouse, when they're going well, why isn't the board making this call? And especially if it might be James Hurd. And one other thing, he didn't put his hand up, in my opinion. He was approached to do the interview process. Okay. Uh, let's which indicates back. they've got some thoughts about him having okay, a job. Okay, let's go to the head of football. Back to Fremantle. As we've uh, mentioned, uh, there is now Griffin Logue and Blake Akers have both requested trades to other clubs, North and Carlton, respectively. Uh, the 
Frio Footy Club have released a statement and also off the uh, Fremantle Football Club website, Peter Bell, the head of the football department, said this. We're with Peter Bell for an update following the players' exit meetings over the past 48 hours. Firstly, you have an update on Griffin Lowe. Yeah, Griff had his exit meeting uh, earlier this morning. Um, where he informed us that he would be looking to seek other opportunities and, and seek a trade in the upcoming trade period. He said he'd uh, only just come to that decision in the past 24 hours or so. Mentioned that it was an incredibly difficult decision. In fact, the toughest decision he's had to make in his life, that he loves the club and he's got a, a lot of love for his teammates, but he sees opportunities elsewhere. Uh, we'll look to uh, work with the, the club that he'd like to move to during the upcoming trade period. Um, Griff also said that uh, he'd be looking to make sure that it was a positive result for all parties. And Blake Akers? Uh, Blake also indicated that he would be seeking a trade during the trade period. Um, he's enjoyed his time here at Fremantle, but um, also sees opportunity elsewhere. And you have an update on two con contracted players, firstly in Rory Lobb. Uh, Rory uh, indicated that he was seeking a trade. We had a conversation with Rory where um, we um, informed him that due to his contracted status and also the importance that he um, has for our structure, that uh, we wouldn't be able to facilitate f uh, a trade for Rory. And Darcy Tucker? Uh, Darcy um, and his management, um, we discussed with them the possibility that Darcy might be able to explore his options uh, through the through the trade period. Um, we agreed that if a mutually beneficial outcome could be reached um, for Darcy, us, um, and uh, whatever club might be interested in securing Darcy, then we would be willing to explore that. If no mutually beneficial outcome could be reached, then we were more than happy to welcome Darcy back and Darcy's happy to come back and complete um, next year at um, his contracted year. As we go to the break, Hags, we'll come back and discuss it more. The Rory Lobb answer is an interesting one, that they are not at this stage prepared to trade him. Mm. So that's come from Peter Bell literally a few moments ago. I can't understand how they can hold him. Oh, he's contracted, so they, they could. And and then ultimately it would get... It, would get it could real. get nasty, though. Yeah, that, that'll get nasty because they told Rory Lobb this time last year or a little bit later, let, let's say toward the end of trade when it was going to fall over his, his attempt to get to GWS. Look, let's drop off this. They can't give us enough. And also GWS weren't prepared to pay the money that Rory Lobb was on this year. It's, it's massive money, huge money for this year, not as much for next year. Uh, so Fremantle could hold him to contract. Clearly they could hold him to contract. Clearly they could hold him to contract. But they need draft picks mm. to get Luke Jackson. If they hold... Rory Lobb to his contract. I, I, I find this a silly hypothetical because my Rory Lobb's going to the to the Bulldogs. He won't be at Fremantle next year, even though he's contracted. Even though Peter Bell has said what he said, that is Fremantle starting to get a bit worried because they have committed themselves to bring in Luke Jackson. They've committed to help Rory Lobb get where he wants to go at the end of two thousand and twenty-two. They've committed to other players to let them go. Griffin Logue wanted to stay. He's now getting a five-year deal at North Melbourne for a heck of a lot more money than what Fremantle ever looked like offering him. So they're losing players. They have to get the, – the, the Jackson deal falls over, and this is going to be really, really embarrassing on Peter Bell. 
Mm. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. We've got uh, plenty to get through, of course, including the four teams that are taking part for the right to get into the season finale the following Saturday, but also plenty of uh, texts coming through on the Tempera Bedshed text line. Keep them coming through. We will acknowledge them. That's a guarantee. You text in and we'll acknowledge it on the program. A Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. All right. We are here on a Thursday night. We've got two big games coming your way. We'll bring you the ins and outs and get uh, our thoughts on uh, the big one, who's going to play in the big uh, AFL-GF for 2022 on Saturday week in just a moment. Hi, Haggers. Aka, uh, a.k.a. Nostradamus. <laughs> big smiley face there. It's Peter Bell. We just heard from him on the other side of the break. Staying at Freer or going to North Melbourne. Keep up the good work, Haggers. Uh, that's Michael Palmyra. I... I think he's probably heading for North Melbourne, but I do hear contrary um, views on that because there are opinions around the competition that some of the North Melbourne uh, headhunters are concerned with. Mm. And so Peter Bell stays at Fremantle and goes, I, I, I don't think he'll get the CEO job at, Fremantle, at uh, North Melbourne, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. The other one, we're good at, and there's no name, I can't see it at the bottom. Akers is overrated. He played for seven seasons, and finally he's had a good season as a winger because no doubt he wanted to get another contract, and that always helps. Came to Perth as a sweetener for the Hill deal. He never wanted to come home early uh, or that early. Logue's last touch of the footy is average, and he's not a forward, and Freo have a stacked back line. North are years from being a top eight uh, team, but good luck to Griff, in brackets, Moose must be his nickname. Bell isn't going anywhere. He will bring in Sharp, Corbett. Ever since he became head of football operations, we almost win every trade period. Look at the Chera out, Brody in, masterstroke, ha-ha. Anyway, Bell keeps his uh, cards close to his chest. There you go. There's that one. Uh, Let's continue the next one. Uh, Just over a week ago, prominent media outlets like the Herald Sun were reporting that Channel 9 were about to swoop and take the AFL riots of Seven and Fox. Kim came on the radio Monday a week, uh, Monday a week and a half ago, and said that Seven and Fox had locked in the rights. Uh, what happened two days later? So there you go. There's an endorsement for what you're delivering, Haggers. Um, here's one that we need to discuss. Why would so many players want to leave Frio? Surely a top four team next year. Potentially culture issues or unhappy with management slash structure. That's another new Fella on the temper you... bedshed text line. That's Marcus at Vic Park. Good on you, Marcus. Oh, I'm not. Con- Marcus says they're top four. Surely top four next year, Fremantle. Here we go. No, he but, said for, surely yeah, top. Surely a top four oh. team next year. Potentially culture issues on happy with management slash structure. Well, I think that's been that. That's ongoing. It's better than it was. Like over the last three seasons, since Simon Garlic took over late in 2019, so literally late into the calendar year. Bell was a year into the job and the management went for Remember, it was, was grand final morning that we found out that Justin Longmuir had, had won the coaching appointment. Now, mm-hmm. that, that, he was always going to get that. Peter Bell committed to Justin Longmuir very early in 2019. You'll be coaching next year. Just keep your nose clean. Stay down. We have to get rid of Ross Lyon. Uh, you're the one. I mean, and I, it, it wasn't a surprise that Justin Longmuir got that appointment. So since then, Garlic, Longmuir, 
Bell, some new appointments, you know, Matthew Boyd in, a new fitness and conditioning uh, whiz guru. Mm-hmm. So things have improved. The culture is better. But it still has some undercurrents of, of players' uncertainties uh, with some of the senior people, the senior players, and there's a culture of fairly of some self-indulgence. So that's still underlying. And so the, the, now to try to improve it further – I, th- I think they've made a bit of a mess of the Luke Jackson approach because we've known for so long they needed to keep it secret because once it was pretty well known around Fremantle and certainly Melbourne, Melbourne were the ones who probably gave us a lot of ammunition. Once Melbourne started talking to Brody Grundy six weeks ago, mm-hmm. it was an absolute confirmation. Oh, we've committed. We're going to lose Luke. We know. And when we broke here, Peter, that Luke Jackson had met with Peter Bell and uh, Jamie Graham on a Saturday morning in Melbourne at, uh, at the, in at the Main, Street Ca- Main Street Cafe in Morty Alec. Melbourne, Melbourne made inquiries to try and get that confirmed. They rang. They, they if contacted, they had CCTV. They, rang, they contacted the, uh, the, 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 cafe. the cafe and said, can you give us some confirmation? We've heard there was this meeting. Have you got CCTV? No, we haven't got it in the front room where they sat. No. But was he there? Well, we can help you with that much. We don't have CC. Melbourne were convinced. And then Fremantle players have also been starting to realise, well, what about me? What about me? What's mm. Sean Darcy? I reckon he went off his form for he a couple did. of weeks as he well did. to think, well, what's going on here? Am I secure? There was even some suggestion that Sean Darcy had talked about, well, I've got two years to go on a contract, but should I be moving? No, no, you'll still be the number one ruckman. We've got other roles for him to play. It, it upset some players. But more importantly, I'm not so sure it's a cultural thing. I agree that they could be – they'll be challenging. They'll believe between now and next March, April, May, June that they're going to contend on the back of what's happened this year. I'm not convinced of that. I think they could digress next year. Why? Monday. He's, he's had a heck of a lot to do. When the conditions were fine and they've played their football, Monday's been a, a real instigator of that. He's a big loss. Yeah, but he might be replaced by Fife, who hopefully gets a through, Not a, pre, the midfield. through a pre-season uh, th- and could be a better contributor to their cause next year. He's going to have to be. Bring up Neil Erasmus, who's got enormous potential. Oh, I just got a feeling they'll still be around the place. They, and they were very so unlucky. So declare where you think they'll finish. Oh, I reckon they could almost finish where they finished this year. And Six. with a bit of luck... They could possibly get in the top four. Yeah, there okay. you go. Because I reckon I think win. they had a lot of luck they, this year. They will win games here, Hags. So who? Yeah, of course. And, and that that'll. And but their draw won't be as appealing next year as it was this year. And when you look, and and when you look, so Geelong will be about the place. Sydney will be about the place. I reckon Brisbane will fall away a fraction. Okay, Melbourne fall away. Yes. So who are your top four at this stage? Oh well, I'd have Geelong, Collingwood. I'd sneak Frio in at number four and... Oh, a Melbourne or a... So there'll be one, no, someone no, will rise. Richmond, I reckon Melbourne... Richmond will kick no, again. No, do you reckon? Port Adelaide I'm will be sure, back. I'm not sure Richmond will kick again. Port Adelaide will be back. Carlton will yeah, be back. Port, Carlton will be about Port, the place. Port's so it's not going to be that simple for Fremantle to have... But it wasn't that simple this year. Oh, it was. It was a lot more simple than it'll be next year because you look at their draw this year. Fremantle... When they beat Adelaide first game, they should have beaten St Kilda here. They then had West Coast. They then had GWS. They then had Essendon. They then had Carlton. They, they were always going to win, I think, always a chance. And we said this over the summer, Peter. They were always a chance to win four or five or six of their first six. Yeah, but and I... then they hit, then they hit uh, Geelong in round seven. 
And I always thought, well, they won't win that. But they did. So that gave them even more more chance. Then it was North Melbourne, Gold Coast, Collingwood, Melbourne. Yeah, and hey, their first 10 were always a chance to get but six I, or I, eight or ten wins. But next year's competition will be a lot more even. There were some dud teams early this season. Yeah, and Fremantle uh, have had some of those in know, that first 10 for yeah, a start. But, but I'm saying next year will be a lot more even. So there will be those lesser clubs that were... The top clubs are guaranteed wins against North Melbourne. You're killing Gar- your own argument. No, because- hang on, hang on. Guaranteed to have wins against North Melbourne and West Coast. So the whole playing field will be a lot either, even. Yeah. Which gives, in my opinion, Frio a better opportunity because other teams will get beaten by lower, cl- lower clubs next season. It means when this season they weren't. And, and Fremantle could well be challenged by... That competition yes. evening out as well. But I'm saying that's they're why they're not, they're not. It's not as easy as I think a lot of Fremantle um, faithful and even you are suggesting. Oh, they're going back to the top four next year. Even the president came out and said last Monday morning and said they're going to win the premiership. I mean, it's 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 going to be very difficult for Fremantle to repeat next year on the back of these losses and for the youth to actually be effective quickly. Amos, Erasmus, Johnson. They're not going to be able to play the same sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but that... we, were, we were saying that about O'Driscoll. We were saying that about Chapman. How much quicker and, have they elevated? And some of those boys, when in the final, the two finals, particularly this, the one they've lost, when they were when they were getting done by the Bulldogs and then by the Collingwood, I think got exposed. Yeah, but as... they'll be better. They'll be better for it, Hags, next but, year. Uh, are they going to be better enough? All right. Uh, quickly before we take a break, uh, good on Nev down there in Albany. Hey, lads, I'm really staggered that Essendon would even consider bringing back Hurd. I understand the romantic nature of bringing back uh, a club legend to try and lift them out of the cellar. But honestly, what that will do is create a lot of pressure internally, externally, and also on James Hurd's family and himself. This is just crazy. That's Nev's opinion. We'll mm. take a break, Hags. We're going to talk about the two prelim finals and get through the rest of these uh, temperate bedshed text uh, messages on 0487 736 736. Go, Lee. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, it's great to get new listeners, particularly when they're interstate. Uh, welcome to Demon Dave. Uh, I'm listening in from Hawthorne in Melbourne, loving the show. I've been listening to hear news on the Jackson deal. But after the quality of the show in the last hour, I think I may tune in more often. Regards, Demon Dave. Oh. Good on you, Dave. Hey, Thanks for us, joining Dave. the family. I'm sorry you've got the next two weekends off. <laughs> <laughs> and just quickly from Paul and Margaret River, I think uh, those comments from Peter Bell are now putting the owners back on uh, to Rory Love and his management to come up with some sort of deal to put towards Fremantle's recruiters to ensure they are not left worse off because he doesn't want to honour his contract, which was signed in good faith a few years ago. Well, Paul, it also lays the foundation for Fremantle's headline tomorrow. Uh, Fremantle will play hardball on, yeah. on Rory Lobb. And they, they have to be seen to be trying to play hardball. They've got to get good deals because they have to package everything up to give it to Melbourne because Jackson has said to Fremantle and his management, get the deal done for me to come home to Fremantle because I don't want to go to West Coast. I won't go to West Coast. West Coast aren't prepared to give up their first pick, which is what is going to be the first starting point for Melbourne. So that's pick number two or three mm-hmm. in the draft. If West Coast are going to keep that, they also have to package something together. They've got more they can package together that Melbourne might accept. He doesn't want to go to, to, to West Coast. The worst scenario would be that it all falls over and he stays at Melbourne. I don't think so. The deal okay. will get done for Jackson to Fremantle 
But Fremantle have to play hardball wherever they can to get the best deals they can for Rory Lobb, Blake Akers, Griffin Logue. Griffin Logue, a five- or six-year deal mm. at North Melbourne on high hundreds of $1,000 a wow. year per, per season. They okay. really wanted him. Well, let's look at the prelim finals. I mean, also we need to touch on the Brownlow medal before we go because that's oh, okay. on Sunday yep. night. Uh, Geelong, Brisbane, Lions, of course, O'Connor, the Medi sub from last week. And out. I reckon he tags Lockie yeah. Neal, doesn't he? Yeah, that, that's the, the forecast. It didn't really work. There's been talk about uh, O'Connor going to Neal, you know, first thing tomorrow night, and, and I think so probably as well. But he did that back when they played in round four. Mm-hmm. And Lockie Neal still had 30 possessions. O'Connor had 22. Uh, so it's not necessarily a lock that O'Connor will cut Neil out of the game. I wouldn't discount also that a bit of experimentation, even a Cam Guthrie runs very closely with Lockie Neal, but that's going to be one of the fascinating matchups for sure. Okay, Brisbane, uh, Fort Fullerton both been admitted, and Matheson, the medical sub, is also out. But, of course, Joe Danaher and McInerney, a couple of big ins there for the Lions tomorrow night. Hags? Yeah, um, awkward for uh, Darcy Fort. Mm. I thought he played, you know, okay as, okay. as filling in for. But I, I, I think Geelong probably win that one. Pretty yeah. Better. Uh, and, and Daniel McStay probably plays his last game for for Brisbane. He'll head to Collingwood. It looks like for certain. Uh, I tell you one or two other uh, matchups. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Jared Berry handles tomorrow mm. night. He'd have to go to another lockdown because I think that's his best job. Whether it be Isaac Smith or someone like that. The other one too is Caden. Coleman, perhaps the match for Stengel. That'll be fascinating. And then, of course, you know, the big guns, the Cameron and Hawkins. I think they'll be too good for Brisbane's defence. No changes for either Sydney or Collingwood uh, going into the game. Just the midi subs from their previous games are the only outs. No changes, no wins at this stage. How do you see that one going before we look oh, at the Brownlow? That, that's the one that I'm I'm not sure with. I'm really mixed on, on how we go here. But how Sydney handled Jordan Dugowie. Uh, how Sydney handled Collingwood's runners because they just get so forward of the play. But I, I think Sydney's defensive uh, players, the likes of Rampy, who plays as a goalkeeper, uh, I think they can make. They're, they're more disciplined in staying back behind the Collingwood forwards, so they won't get it as easy in, as they did say against Fremantle last week when the Collingwood forwards, their small forwards particularly, uh, ran back on goal a lot of the time with the ball kicked out in front of them. So the likes, the role on 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 Ginevan, how, who handles him. You know, I think also the likes of how Collingwood might even handle the likes of uh, Isaac Heaney. He's a gun player, so Jeremy Howe or probably Braden Maynard probably is almost mm. a match for there. And also the Moore Franklin contest, Peter. Darcy Moore, just the best key defender in the competition for mine because he's so versatile. The others are all very good at what they do. This guy, Alan Franklin, could be Franklin's last game even. Could I don't be. think so. I reckon he'll play next year. And there's one or could two play others. in the grand final. Could well do. And probably, and then retire after after possibly even yeah. a premiership, a historic premiership. I think Sydney on Saturday, not convinced, but I think Sydney. And I think Geelong tomorrow night. Okay. Let's look at the Brownlow medal, which has been moved because of uh, the events, uh, particularly coming out of the UK uh, with the passing of Queen Elizabeth uh, II. It's now on Sunday night. I know you're a stickler for looking at Brownlow and putting votes the way you see it. Who's likely to have the Chaz Brownlow around their neck on Sunday night, do you think? I'm going out on a limb here. Yeah. I, I reckon I, I reckon leading into about round 20, 21 even, Lockie Neal's probably in front. Mm-hmm. But see, Lockie Neal gets tagged heavily in round 22 by, household name, Marcus Winhager <laughs> to just 15 possessions. So he doesn't get a vote against St Kilda. And then I reckon... The Brayshaws might cause Lockie a bit of trouble because Angus Brayshaw tagged Lockie Neal in round 23 when Melbourne smashed 
Brisbane, remember? Mm -hmm. So in those three games, the last three, I reckon Clayton Oliver gets three votes against Collingwood in a loss. He was just incredible. Gets a vote against Carlton and gets three votes against Brisbane in the last game and jumps over Lockie Neal. It's a long shot, but I sense it could run all that way. The outside for third, I reckon, is Patrick Cripps because he has a lot of games where he might get one or one and two votes, but he has the flying start, Paddy Cripps. So I'm going Oliver to win by a vote or two from Lockie Neal and then Patrick Cripps almost the same as Neal. High, th uh, high 20s, low 30s. And uh, Angus, Andrew Brayshaw, 26 votes. Good night.